Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 136 of Parenting in Real Life. Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about, after all. This is Parenting in Real Life. Before we get started today, we have two announcements that we need to let you know. That's two more than we usually have. (laughs) The first one is that we have a special Trumi Black Friday code that is going to come out November 8th and 9th. So that is going to be next week. And we'll give you the code on Instagram. I'll send out a newsletter too. So if you are a newsletter subscriber, you'll you'll get it there. But we will be the only ones with this promo code for 48 hours for all of TrueMe. (laughs) It's super awesome. You're going to get $50 off your phone, which you usually get when you use our promo code. But in addition to that, you also get six months of free service. Which if you pay for the full free service, that's $180 value. So... That's going to be awesome. So definitely check out our Instagram or our newsletter on November 8th and 9th so that you can get this awesome promo code if you are buying a phone for your kid for Christmas. This makes ideal Christmas presents. And our Instagram is? Parenting.irl.podcast. There you go. So make sure you follow us before then so that you're ready for those uh, deals. The second announcement is... We want to do an episode about Christmas around the world, and we now have listeners all over the world, and so we want to hear from you. How do you celebrate Christmas, or what is your winter holiday tradition if it's not Christmas? What is it, and how do you celebrate to make it a fun family memory? So you can submit those by sending me either a voice memo or just record a video of yourself. Just DM it to me on Instagram, or you can email it to us at parentingirlpodcast at gmail.com. But we would love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear your voice, too. So that would be awesome if you yeah. record your voice. If you don't feel comfortable with that, you can always just type it out and send it to me in an email or DM on Instagram. No, send us a message. <laughs> message is more fun, but we will take written as well. <laughs> so because we have this Trumi discount coming up, we thought it would be smart to look back through when to give your kids phones, why to give your kids phones, why not to give your kids phones, So, that's what we're doing, but we're going to try and make it more fun, because we're trying to be more fun. So, we're going to have you guess some crazy stats about cell phones and youths. Before we have you guess those stats, there's two main articles that we're referencing throughout our podcast episodes. We'll put the link in the show notes for those, but these are something that actually Alan's brother shared with us. We had already planned this, and then he shared this in our group chat, and I'm like, perfect, because that's what we're talking about. Nailed it. And so there's an article of some research that was done in 2017, and now there's new research information from this year. And so we're talking about those two articles. I think something just about the first article, Have Smartphones Destroyed a Generation? This is one from 2017. I thought it was just really interesting that she tracks generational changes and stuff and watches trends. And she said, usually it's very gradual trends, but that she saw abrupt changes with this newest generation. And she noticed it started to change as more than 50% of households had smartphones. And so that's when she saw these, all of a sudden she started seeing peaks rather than the hills that she was used to. So that was just a really interesting find. Okay. First stats. How many 13 to 17 year olds have access to a smartphone? 
And we don't know what access to a smartphone is. I know. I was like, does that mean there's a smartphone in their house or they actually have a smartphone? Because our kids technically have access because we have smartphones. I would guess that that means if you let them use your smartphone, Hmm. right? I don't let the kids use my smartphone. So I would say they don't have access to mine, but... That's true. Cammie does Instagram on your phone sometimes. Only I only like her to do it if I'm sitting there with her. I don't give her my phone and let her look at reels. Like if Unless I'm watching trying reels, to be, <laughs> don't got to get defensive. So Just she'll watch with me. <laughs> well, that's the percentage. What percent? What percent? Ninety-five. That's a lot. Almost that everybody. It, that's all of them. So, what age do experts recommend getting smartphones? So that's another one you can guess. What is the age? That experts recommend smartphones for kids. 26. <laughs> the Alan always tells the kids, you can have a smartphone when you're 30. <laughs> it used to be bet. like you can date. You know, our parents used yeah. to be like, you can date when you're 30. Now it's, you can have a smartphone. <laughs> so what's the number? 16. Mm-hmm. So 16 is when you should do a smartphone. But we know we live in a world where kids can't. I mean, it's hard to live without a phone. You could live without a phone. We did it. It's just really challenging just because of the way that our kids are growing up. And I think there's two parts. That's one of it. That's, to me, the less important part. Mm. The more important part for me is that I want them to learn these things while I still have a little bit of say in what they do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're losing that. It's going. <laughs> and so it's like, man, I want to be able to coach while they're still coachable. Because someday your kid's going to get a smartphone and maybe that's 18 if you don't give it to them and they leave the house and they're going to go buy one, right? And so they're going to have one because they feel like they need that. And so we feel like it's better to introduce it to them when they're still in our home and we can help them with it. But that is the gray route, right? Like it's a lot easier to say no than to say yes with these conditions. Mm -hmm. So that's why we like Trumi. We're going to give you a little Trumi stats right now. Talk about Trumi for a minute. buddy. (laughs) So we have chosen Trumi phones, and I have looked at some other things. It looks like there's four kid smartphones now. So there's four different options if you want a kid-friendly phone, and this is not taking, like, a regular Samsung or an Apple and making it, like, kid-friendly through parenting. Or yeah, using a second, a second service. Yes. So we've chosen Trumi, and we give our kids a Trumi phone the Christmas in fifth grade. So we started that last year with our oldest, and this year our second is going to get her first phone. So, And I feel like this is actually a little early to give a phone. I, I think we're definitely not the last ones to give our kids mm-hmm. phones. We're not the first ones, for sure, mm-hmm. but we're not the last. And so this is an early time to give a phone. This was way before we thought we were going to give our kids a phone, I think, yeah, I think you I, have asked us two years ago. I initially thought like 12, would mm-hmm. probably, but... As our oldest, Cammie, she felt like all of her friends had phones. She felt very left out. And obviously, that's not a reason to get your kid a phone. But she wasn't able to communicate with her friends like she wanted to because she didn't have a phone. I'm finding with Chloe that's different. Like, Chloe's group of friends, nobody really has phones. Like, she's going to be one of the first ones. And so I think that's kind of like what your kid's... Maybe the grade that they're in. Like, more the parents are different, you know, or whatever. And the families are a little bit different. And so I think that's been an interesting dynamic as we're approaching this time again. Yep. I also think that, and I don't care about the friend thing, frankly. I grew up in a house where I was like always the last one to get something and I hated it, but I also like survived. So I don't think that's that big a deal. For me, I like to be able to get a hold of my kids. 
And so I actually like that piece of it, that I want them to be available. And I want to be able to call them or text them or have them call me or text me because I get nervous with the world the way it is. And so I like that piece. To me, that's Mm -hmm. what's driving the earlier age is, one, wanting them to get training while we can still train them. And two, I want to be able to access my kids. And this is how I access people. Yeah. Yeah, now that they're hanging out with friends more, they had sports activities and stuff. They're just leaving the house more than they used to. And so it's just nice to be able to get a hold of them or if things change, they can get a hold of us. You know, I remember (laughs) back when I was a kid, soccer practice got rained out and we're waiting there for mom, you know, and I have no way to get a hold of her. And, you know, just stuff like that that you can avoid. (laughs) We also love that trimming phones doesn't have internet or you don't have to give them internet. They do have a kid smart browser and then they also have regular chrome i love that trumi allows your the phone to grow with the kid as they become more responsible and a little bit older like right now we have zero internet on the phone but as our girls get a little bit older then we can add the kid safe browser and then as they get older than that we can add chrome when we feel like they're ready for that so right now there's no internet and i feel like that's a super important thing about having a kid safe phone yep We know that an alternative for a lot of people is to use iPods or old iPhones that, and they just don't pay for a cellular plan, which obviously is great from a money perspective. The catch there is that even if you try and lock stuff down, like there are parental controls. I think the the most common argument we hear for not doing iPhones or Samsung phones and just using parental controls is even if you lock them down or think you're locking them down, some apps, like if an app has an ad, a lot of ads will take you out of the app and into an internet browser that if the kid's smart and kids are all smart, then they can go and navigate the web, even if you don't let them download a web app. Mm-hmm. So you have to be really careful if you're going to go that route. And it's just a lot of work to make sure that you're doing it right. I think you can totally do it right. Mm-hmm. In fact, we've had that battle because I love Apple and I want all my kids to be on Apple and I just love the convenience of that ecosystem. But Alexis has argued, I don't want to be the one managing that. And the other thing is then Trumida is the bad guy. <laughs> so <laughs> if you like, it's not like, it's like, oh, sorry, Trumi doesn't allow social media. It's not even a thing. There's no option for them to put it that on their phone. Where and so they're not Apple- fighting you to say, well, but you could, I promise I'll be good. Like, oh, yeah. sorry, we're just doing Trumi right now. So it just like ends the conversation before it happens. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I do. I do really like that. I feel like there's less fighting overall. <laughs> you like your point. I like my point. <laughs> she agrees with herself. I do. <laughs> uh, but just as a side note, someone I follow on Instagram who has some really awesome resources is at better screen time. She has courses, she has checklists and she compares these different kids safe phones. And so you can go through and look and see which would be best for your family. Just a lot of great resources and information. So if you want to look into her Instagram and website, that's better screen time. Yeah, buddy. Next quiz. In 2009, 46% of 8th graders were using social media every day. What is that number in 2017? So even these stats are old, so I bet it's higher now. 46% of 8th graders using social media every single day. 46 to 78. 78% of 8th graders are using social media every single day. And I was like, what the heck? 2009? Yeah, 2009 was the year we got married. We didn't even have smartphones. Was there even social media in 2009? (laughs) There was. Okay, so I know this because the year I graduated high school, Facebook started. 
And that was back when you had to have a college. I know this because you had to have a college email address. And that was the year I started college. And so 2005, Facebook started. You built that city. Yeah, I did. YouTube also started that same year. Instagram didn't start. I remember Chloe was a baby when I did my very first post. So I think that was more like 2011-ish because I was a little, didn't start right away. But there was Facebook and everyone used to be on that. Crazy. So three-fourths of eighth graders are on social media, which is before we're considering giving our kids social media. Yeah. And that's, I mean, five years ago. I could only imagine that now it's more like 80, if not 90%. Right. And eighth grade is, how old are you in eighth grade? Because in 13, 14. Because the apps will say you have to be at least 13, mm-hmm. but you can say if you're 13 or not, right? There's no proving it. You can put whatever age you want. That's right. And so kids can really get on it before and just say they're 13, even though they're not. They're not. Yep. So we know that there's a lot of kids younger than 13 on social media too, mm-hmm. because our kids go to school and they have friends on social media. The hard thing about social media is, and I'm sure you're probably aware of this because I feel like we're talking a lot about it now. Lots of people are talking about it, how social media causes anxiety and depression, especially among teenage girls. Facebook did their own research and they found that Instagram gives girls body image issues. 33%. And now for a quick break. The heart behind the iMom podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on iMom.com and when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. A third of them. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just did that math in my head. (laughs) Yeah, one in three girls have worse body image issues because of Instagram. That's a lot. That's a ton. And we have three girls, right? So that would be one of our girls would have issues with that. Yikes. Okay, this is a two-part quiz. (laughs) Common Sense Media estimates that children 8 to 12 spent how many hours on screens every day? And how many hours for kids age 13 to 18? So preteen, how many hours? And teen, how many hours? And these are in 2021, so pretty accurate. Fresh. Fresh stats. (laughs) Juicy, fresh stats. Oozing, juicy, fresh stats. Pre-teens, 12 and under, spent five and a half hours a day on screens. And teens, 13 to 18, spent nine hours a day. That is so much. Like, they're, like, awake for nine hours a day. This is why when teenagers are like, oh, I'm just so busy. I'm just doing all these things. I'm like, get rid of your phone, and you just got a whole heck of a lot of time Nine hours back. Whoa. Whoa. And I don't blame them because we're, like, probably... In the plus five area. Yeah. And I think this isn't all like wasted time, right? Like our kids are using screens at school. Like I'm assuming they're counting that time as well. Sure, sure, sure. You know, and there's lots of reasons to use our screens, but nine hours is a lot. And this is maybe my favorite thing about Trumi phones is our oldest has had her Trumi phone for a year now and she's not addicted to it. She likes it and is glad she has it, but she's not like always has it with her. But because it's pretty throttled in terms of what they can do. 
Trumi right now doesn't have a way to limit the hours that they spend on it or what times of day you spend on it. I think they are developing but that. But that's in the in the works. But even without that, we find our daughter without her phone all the time. I think that's just because there's only so much she can do. Mm-hmm. So there's only a handful of games, and they are just okay. <laughs> she yeah. was very excited. They have Fall Guys. That's oh, they, they have Fall Guys. They just there. added Fall Guys. So they have like Fall Guys and Angry Birds and... Uh, Battle Royale, I think, is the other one. Is that what it's called? Anyway, there's like three games, and that's it. Like, that's the only options. And so when that's all you have, you you end up getting burnt out. Yeah, play those all day. (laughs) They also have some other really great apps that I love that she has access to. So they have Duolingo, which is awesome for language learning. Audible, so they can listen to books. They have Disney+, Spotify, GroupMe, Greenlight, and if you remember the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they have Gospel Library apps on there. They have Seminary Institute and stuff, so they have most of the church apps on there. Bible apps. Bible apps. You read the Bible. They even have the Quran on there. So lots of different religious apps. Not, they've prioritized that, right? They are mm-hmm. adding some games. And you can also turn off the games, right? Like if ever they are playing it too much, you have a parent portal. And so you get a control. Without touching their phone, you can control what apps are on their phone. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty great. So going back to just screens in general, we do have a lot of different types of screens in our house. We have Nintendo, laptops, we have our Amazon Fire tablets, we have TVs. There's just a lot of different screen options. So we really try to limit the devices as much as we can and put timers on whatever we're able to. That's just something we're trying to do in our family to help keep screen time down. Our kids definitely use screens a lot. We're trying to stay at four hours instead of five and a half. And then if you feel like, and we usually get this way at least once a year, we feel like too much screens is happening in our house and our kids are going crazy. We like to do a no screen challenge and you can find information about that on our website, parentingirlpodcast.com, or even maybe just consider removing one of the devices for a week. Maybe like, Hey, this week we're not doing Nintendo, right? And just taking one of those options out and seeing if that makes a difference at all. Just a way to sort your authority over your kids. (laughs) Just feels good. Feels good. (laughs) No, I've actually, I saw a meme my sister-in-law shared, and it showed a picture of a guy sitting on a tree branch, and he was cutting the tree branch off with a chainsaw, but he was on the part of the branch that was going to fall, and it said, parents, when they threaten to take screens away, because <laughs> it's so true. It definitely punishes you to take your kid's screen away. I don't like doing that as a punishment. We've taught ourselves that we don't do that as a punishment, because we just generally can't stick to it. It's too hard. There's too many screens and it's too miserable. So that is not an effective punishment. But when you do no screens for a week or whatever, however long. As like a family, if you're all doing it then together. Then it's, it's pretty easy because if you find somebody hiding in the room, they're probably... It's just easy to lock down everything, right? It's that black and white. It's hard to be gray. Pretty easy to be black and white. So if you want to have an interesting <laughs> and sometimes challenging week, but worthwhile, definitely go look that up on our website. So the point is that you need to connect with your kids in person and build relationships. Yes. So the second article, the newer research um, that was done by the same lady who did the first one, her name is Jean Twenge. Also, Brad Wilcox, if you're familiar with him, was on this study as well as some others. But they were actually finding a connection between teenagers using their phones and their different family dynamics and how that reflected how much they were on their phones, their mental health status, and like all those those type of things. So that was a really interesting article to look at too, if you want to, that's also in the show notes. But they were just finding that teenagers with both parents in the home 
usually use their phones less, two hours less of screen time compared to those who don't. Teens with both parents are also more likely to have more rules over their technology use. And they also found that depression, loneliness, and sleep deprivation are worst among teens who report high levels of screen time and also come from families without two parents in the home. I think the direct quote was hail from non-intact families. They say hail. (laughs) A hail from a non-intact family. And you should read the article. For those of you who are in those situations where you're a single parent or you're shared parenting or step-parenting, the article is not trying to point blame on those parents. They just admitted, like, when you look at those groups as a whole, sometimes there's either less time or less energy where a parent can't control that because we all know that controlling screens takes effort. So they said that is the big driver with those. Or you have less control because it's a stepkid or a whatever, or they're not at your house all the time. So you just have less control in those situations. So there's not like you're bad people if, if that's your situation. And I'm sure some single parents are doing it way better than two parent families. But as you look at things as a whole, those are some of the things influencing it. Mm-hmm. So the key is to create family fun time, have frequent conversations about technology, talk about what's appropriate and what to look for. Yeah. So our oldest Cameron the other day, somehow Chrome got downloaded on her phone. I think there was like a glitch and it toggled on and she told me about it. She's like, mom, Chrome just started downloading on my phone and she knows that she's not supposed to have a web browser on her phone. And so she told me about it. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Let me check. And I checked the portal and it was toggled on. And so then I'm like, okay, well, let's remove this. Cause she told me, she's like, we need to get this off. I'm like, yeah, we do. So we, we took it off, but I was just really proud of her for telling me that it showed up because she totally could have not told me and I wouldn't have known because I don't check the apps frequently. And so I think just having those conversations with her of what she is and isn't allowed to have on her phone, she's recognized this wasn't okay. And she told me about it. So I think just having those conversations frequently and openly with your kids allows them to use their technology in a way that's safe for, for them. Yeah, buddy. And just some other things that we think are great are just phone free time in your family. Like we don't have to do phones at the dinner table or when you're doing activities together as a family, just, you know, put those phones away. And so there are tons of ways to do that and resources and traditions you can do to have phone free time. So we would just encourage you to look into those and see what fits for your family and just try to find those times throughout the day. I think every day where you don't have everyone on a phone, right? Where no one is on a phone. Yeah. When nobody's on a phone. <laughs> not, yes. Because oh, sometimes everyone is on a phone. So not that. The other way. Anyway, that's how we've landed. Hopefully this has been helpful. If you have a different strategy or different thoughts, please share. Not enough of you are sharing back. So <laughs> talk back to us. Feel free to disagree. We love to hear your opinions and we'll share them. And don't forget November 8th and 9th. So whenever you're listening to this podcast, put it on your to-do list or send a reminder to come over to our Instagram account or to sign up for our newsletter so that you can get the link to get that special discount on your Trumi phone if you want to buy one for your kid. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Parenting IRL Podcast or find us on our website at parentinginreallife.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell a friend. That's the best way for people to find out about our podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a rating. And a special thanks to our five kids for being kids.